Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. I'm not someone who gets angry very often. I'm a pretty relaxed guy. But there are a few things in the world that do upset me. Uh, One thing that upsets me a lot is speed bumps that are too small. And I don't know, you guys may not notice it as much because probably most of you are not drivers, but when you get to a speed bump, you get a nice size speed bump, you approach it and it's like, up, or it's just, and it's nice kind of, you can, you slow down for it, but then there are the ones that are really small and it's just like, and whenever I go over it, I get really angry, put that there, just give me a nice speed bump, why do you have to make such lousy speed bumps? So that upsets me and it's, it's worth getting upset about. Another thing that upsets me is my alarm on my phone. Like, in general, I don't mind it, but just that it goes off. That makes me angry. Because my alarm goes off at 20 to 6. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I, and then I have to get up, and that, that upsets me. And the, here's the thing that upsets me the most, probably in almost the entire world, is Netflix auto-playing trailers. So when I'm, when I'm scrolling through Netflix and I'm trying to find something to watch, I can't sit on anything for, long, for very long because suddenly we're like, boom, like, this crazy thing is about to happen. Whoa. And I'm like, stop it. I just want to sit in silence. And Netflix is like, you're used to sound. Just get used to it. I'm like, I just want to scroll in silence. Stop shouting at me, Netflix. And it makes me, I'm like... And, and it just keeps doing it. I'm like, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter to Netflix. I'm like, Netflix doesn't read letters. They're like, I'm going to tweet Netflix. I'm like, I don't tweet, but I will tweet Netflix. I'm like, Netflix, this is the worst. And then I'm like, but everyone's angry at Netflix. So I'll get them on Facebook as well. And then on Instagram, I'll go everywhere and tell them, get rid of your autoplay because it makes me angry. I just want to scroll in silence. Now, when you figure out what people are angry about, you can see what they care about. And as you can tell from the things I care about, I'm a very deep person. <laughs> I, I care about very important things. Well, in today's passage, we see Paul and he is angry. Paul is someone who was writing uh, this letter to a church in a place called Galatia, uh, which I think is in modern day Turkey. And uh, he's writing to them, Uh, about some issues that have been going on in their church because these guys have become Christians like Jesus has come and died and risen again and gone into heaven and and then now they're Christians are figuring out how to live and things have been going wrong in Galatia and so Paul gets angry there are some people who have been doing some things that he is angry about and he's so angry about it he calls them the agitators if you look in verse 12 this is what he says He says, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Now, if you don't know what emasculation means, I looked it up on the internet, not on Google image search. I looked it on the dictionary 
And uh, what the dictionary said, it is the removal of the genitalia of a male. That's what it means. So what he's saying there, as for those agitators, I wish you had just cut off the sausage and potatoes. That's what he's saying. I wish, I wish you would go and junk your junk. That is, he's a very angry man. Now, this is not the kind of stuff that we think should be written in the Bible. Like, chances are, we're like, Paul, you're a holy man. You should not be talking about other men's dongs and what they can do with them. Like, we could, get, we could feel like that's the wrong thing to do. Um, but firstly, um, like, we, I think, sometimes hold hold the people in the Bible up on a bit of a pedestal and, and they're a pretty loose bunch of guys. Like, I mean, there could be that Mark who wrote the Bible, maybe he was a streaker, maybe he wasn't, we don't know. We talked about that earlier today. We know that Peter, he cut off someone's ear and then he led the church, which is a bit weird. Like if your minister was regularly cutting people's ears off, you'd be like, eh, don't know if you should be the reverend. <laughs> anyway, but you know, Peter, he did, he led the church. And Paul, he was off, you know, killing people before he became a Christian. And now he's angry and, you know, telling people to, you know, chop off their bits. That's kind of like, kind of tame. So, for, for the, some of the stuff he'd already done. But the, but the thing is, the thing is that, that Paul, in his anger, he's showing us what he cares about. So the question is, why is he angry like this? And he's angry, what he's angry about is circumcision. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, I will tell you what that is as well. Yeah. Circumcision uh, was a ritual that uh, was performed, and still is performed, uh, in Jewish families. Uh, when a baby boy was born, uh, uh, on the eighth day, they would have a ceremony and they would dedicate him to God. And in the dedication, they would chop off just a little bit of skin on the end of his penis. <laughs> and Paul was angry about that, which, you know, as a man, I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe worth getting angry about. Now, the reason why he was angry is because people had become Christians and started following Jesus. And the, some of these people were becoming Christians who were not uh, originally Jewish, so they hadn't been circumcised. And so then these people came along and they were like, well, it's great that you're following Jesus, but to do this, uh, to follow Jesus properly, what you're actually going to need is not just to follow Jesus, but also to obey the Jewish law. So you've got to you know, make sure you eat the right foods and wear the right clothes and make sure that you also, if you're a man, that you get circumcised. Like, and that would be a pretty tough thing to hear. Like, if you had just become a Christian, you'd be like, yeah, I love Jesus. He saved me. And they were like, he did save you, but not all of you. There's a little bit that we've got to get rid of. And then you'd be like, oh, no. Like, I would get, and I would get angry about that. Like, I would, if people came along and they're like, let's go, Tom. And I'd be like, no. I'd be like punching people and hitting them with chairs. Like, this is, this is not a good way to start my life following Jesus. Now, Paul is not just angry. He's not really, it's, the whole issue is actually not about um, the, you know, little bits of skin getting cut off. That's not his main issue. Uh, his main issue is actually what the message is that is being sent. Because what they are saying is that if you are trusting in Jesus, but you're also trusting in these things that you do, like eating the right food or um, or having you know, a part of your body cut off, 
If you're doing these things, then you're trusting in Jesus plus this extra stuff, but you're not actually just trusting in Jesus. Like, have a look at what he says a little bit earlier on in the passage. Paul says in, from verse 2, he says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. He's saying there that he's saying, if you are trusting the things that you do to be right with God, then you're not trusting Jesus to make you right with God. If you're trusting the things you do to be right with God, then you're not trusting Jesus to be right with God. That's what he's saying. So you've got to pick one or the other, the things you do or what Jesus has done. You've got, you can't try the two. Now, that might seem a bit strange because it might be like, well, well, if you like trust Jesus, but then you also you know, add in a few other things just to help along the way, how can that be a problem? Like if you hop in a car and we're going for a drive and you're like, yeah, look, I'll put on my seatbelt and trust the seatbelt, but also I'm going to wear a helmet. Like it's not going to be a problem. Like you'll look like a weirdo, but it, like you, it's fine to wear a helmet. Like it doesn't make it any difference to your driving. But that's, that's not what's going on here because Jesus is not just a safety you know, ticket. He's not like you trust in Jesus to get into heaven and that's it. Like it's not, it's not the way it works. Now what happens with Jesus is we are in a relationship with Jesus. That if you're a follower of Jesus, then you trust him. You trust him as your brother and as your friend and as your Lord and as your savior. And you trust him to be the one who saves you. That his death on the cross is what makes you right with God. So it'd be more like if I was someone who said to my wife, I love you like the mountains, which I do say that to her. And if I tell her how much I love her and I say, look, I, I, I want to do my best to be a great husband and I love her and she loves me and, and I look after her and I provide for her and I, and I, and I make sure that, I'm, I make sure that I, I'm saying kind, encouraging things to her and I, I make sure I'm there at her birthday and I, I cheer her on when she does well in her other endeavors. Like, look, I'm, a, I'm doing my best to be a really good husband. I'm like, look, this is good, but also... You know, I'm looking after my wife, but what I'll also do is I'll also have a girlfriend on the side because, because, you know, I love my wife and I'm doing very good to her. And so if I'm being good to her, then what does it matter if I have someone else on the side? Well, it matters a lot because what you're doing with the person on the side dishonors the relationship. And so I would dishonor my wife if I had a girlfriend, which I don't, just to clarify Part of that illustration was true and part of it is not the part where I have a girlfriend. All right, there we keep going. People are like, oh, he protests too much. I'm like, all right, anyway, why don't we, let's keep going. I'll cut that out of the podcast. Um, and what we're saying with Jesus, though, is you're saying, look, I'm trusting you, Jesus, but I'm also trusting in circumcision and obeying the law and stuff like that. And that's what Paul is angry about because it's got to be Jesus and only Jesus or everything else. It's what you do or what Jesus has done that saves you. It cannot be both. And now we might be like, oh yeah, okay, that's very good, interesting historical information there. Thank you, Tom. But what it, what, it doesn't really matter for us, right? Because we don't do this kind of thing. Except that I think that we do. Like, we're not having to deal with circumcision these days, which is great. Like, if you become a Christian, 
It's, it's not like Mr. Odell is going to be like, great, well done for becoming a Christian. Let's grab the knife and go to the kitchen. Like, that's not going to happen, which is great. We're all thankful for that. But, <laughs> uh, but what, uh, what we do do is we do trust in Jesus plus other things to make us right with God. We do it when we look at other people. We look at other people and we're like, well, look, I know that they're meant to be a Christian, but, but have you seen who they are dating? Like, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't date that person if you were actually a Christian. Or I know that they're meant to be a Christian, but do you know what church they go to? That church is not a proper church. Or I know that they're meant to be a Christian, but have you seen how rich they are? You cannot have that much money and also be a Christian. Or I know they're meant to be a Christian, but have you heard how much they swear? You cannot talk like that and also be a Christian. That we look at the way that other people behave and we say, oh, I judge you on the things that you do. Because we're saying you're not saved by the things that you, like just trusting in Jesus, but you're also saved by the things that you do. And we also do that with ourselves. That we look at ourselves and we think that the way that God sees us uh, changes depending on how we behave. We're saying God loves us because of the things that we do. And sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, well, I'm the kind of guy that God should really love. I'm like, God, you'd like, look at me. Like, I, sometimes I talk to, to people about Jesus. Like, he's probably looking up, down on me right now going, well done, Tom, you're the best. Talking to young people about Jesus. Yeah, I love you a lot, Tom. Good on you. And then I'll be like, I'll be like, I'm like, God, you know what? I also wrote a book. It's called Weird, Crude, Funny, and Nude. And he'd be like, yeah, Tom, good on you. I love you, Tom. You're the best. And then if I, and, and I've recently applied for a job to work as a youth minister. And if I get it, woof, God's going to love me a whole lot. He'll be like, Tom, you're a youth minister. I love you. You're the best. So good. Like when I'm doing the things that God, that, that I think that God would like, I feel like God likes me. When I'm not sinning and when I'm doing good Christian things and when I'm reading my Bible regularly and I'm praying, I feel like God's looking down on me and going, what a great guy. I love you. Great. But then I do dodgy things and I, I don't love my wife the way that I should or I don't treat my friends the way that I should or, or my thoughts are not as pure as I want them to be or whatever it is. As I do the wrong thing, then I feel like God looks at me like, oh, I'm not that impressed with you, Tom. I don't like you that much. And I feel like God doesn't love me because of the things that I do. And what I'm saying there is that the way God feels about me is based on what I do, that I win his love by my good things and I lose his love by my bad things. I'm saying I'm saved by, by me. And it's not, it's like what is happening here. They're saying you're saved by the things that you do. But that's not what the Bible tells us. That it's Jesus and only Jesus who saves us. And so when I'm doing really well, God loves me. But he loves me because of his son Jesus and what Jesus has done. When I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I'm going to church, God loves me, but he loves me because of what Jesus has done. But when I'm not reading my Bible and I'm not praying and I'm sinning and, and I'm rude to people and I'm grumpy and... And whatever I'm doing, God doesn't look down on me and be like, oh, I don't love you. He loves me still the same amount because of Jesus. 
Because when Jesus went to the cross, he took punishment for my sin. And he won a place for me in God's family so that I can now be a son of God. And that is what it means to be saved. It's not about the things you do. I don't add on Jesus plus going to church or reading my Bible or going to crew or not sinning. It's Jesus and only Jesus that saves me. And that's what we have to remember. And so my challenge to you is if you are someone who isn't a Christian, then you can relax and say, I don't need to live up to this great standard to impress God so that He will love me. You can say, I know that He will love me because of what Jesus has done. He's already shown His love for me and what Jesus has done. I talked before, uh, uh, earlier, when I said, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows how bad you are and He still sent Jesus to die for you. In the same book that's Romans, it also says, um, God demonstrates His own love for us in this. Before that, it's the same verse. Let me try that again. I'm, I know my Bible. So that whole verse is that while uh, God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Like He shows His love by sending Jesus. And so you don't have to rely on yourself. You can rely on Jesus. And if you are a Christian and you find yourself relying on the things that you do and trying to add in the things that you do or, the, or you know, make up for the things that you've done wrong, then you can say, I don't need to stress about those things. All I need to do is trust in Jesus. And some of you might be worrying, be like, yeah, but does that mean that I can do whatever I want? Or shouldn't I continue to do good things? And yes, you should continue to do good things. But if you look at the passage, uh, it says um, in verse 6 at the end, it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And what that's saying is that the good things that we do, the the, the reading our Bible and our, the, the praying and the being kind to people and loving our enemy and caring for the poor and all those things that we are called to do as Christians. All those things are things that we do as an expression of our faith in Jesus. Because Jesus loves us, then we go and love other people. And so we can go and do those things. So there's one part. And the next part, and this is the last thing I, I want to say, is that... When we see Paul and we see that he is angry about, about people who are talking about circumcision and distracting people from trusting in Jesus, we see what he cares about. We see what he's passionate about. We see that for him, he is all about Jesus. He is the Jesus guy. That he loves Jesus and he wants everyone to know and trust Jesus. And that's why he cares. And so the challenge for us those of us who love and follow Jesus, is to be, make sure that we are people who are also passionate about what Jesus has done for us. That we are known as the people who are the Jesus people. Now, we can be known for all sorts of things. Like Chances are your friends know you for different reasons. They might know you because of the sport that you play. They might know you because you're particularly talented at some you know, at, at instrument or that you're you're passionate about a TV show or books or... I don't, know, I don't know what your friends think of you, how they describe you. I've had lots of people describe me in different ways and know me for different ways. For a while, my job was, when I was a youth minister in church, my job was to go into a school uh, and every, uh, every term I would go in and I would teach the whole school, I'd teach scripture in the school. So I'd teach Bible. It was like uh, a public school. And so it was my job to go in and do it. And so 
I would have, over a two-week period, I pretty much to see everyone in the school. And so people started to know me as Tom the Bible guy. And they'd be like, hey, it's Tom the Bible guy. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they'd see me at the shops like, hey, it's Tom the Bible guy. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And then one time in uh, scripture, there was this girl who was talking to me. And she was like, what do Christians think about sex? And I was like, well, you know, God created it. It's good. She's like, yeah, but when can you have sex? And I was like, oh, this is a bit awkward. And I was like, well, the Bible says that, you know, sex is for marriage and we save it to marriage. She's like, are you married? I was like, at that point, I wasn't. I was like, no. She was like, so have you had sex? I was like, no. She was like, so you're a virgin? I was like, yes. She was very smart. And then, and so then, for her, and then a bunch of other people who know, knew her, I stopped being known as Tom the Bible guy and started being known as Tom the Virgin. So... I'd walk into the high school and be like, it's Tom the Virgin, hi! And I'd be like, hello. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't get teased for my virginity in high school, in my high school, but I certainly did in that high school. And so I was known for, for that. Like, that's not something I want to be known for. But in fact, I was known for it because of my commitment to Jesus. And it was, and in some ways, I'm, I'm happy for that. Like, I'm I'm happy to be Im- embarrassed for the sake of Jesus. It's, a, it's better than to be embarrassed for something else. And so what do your friends know you for? Do they know you because you are someone who loves Jesus, who is passionate about Jesus? Do they know that you are someone whose life has been changed by Jesus? That you make choices in your life that are different to them because of Jesus? That, that you are someone who cares for them because of Jesus. That you're someone who will live a, a better life than you could ever live without Jesus because of your trust in Him. Do they know that about you? And if they don't know that, what do you need to change so that they might know that? So that they might know that you are the Jesus person. That you are passionate about Him because He has changed your life. And there's someone that you might actually get angry if people, people misrepresent him or try and lead people away from him. That you are that passionate, as passionate as Paul is, so that you are known as the Jesus person. Because it's Jesus and only Jesus that saves us. Which means it's Jesus and only Jesus that changes us. And then it's Jesus and only Jesus that we should commit ourselves to. So... Let's wrap it up here. If you are not a Christian, then what this means for you is that you don't need to strive to impress God. That God loves you. And He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. He's not waiting for you to get your life right before you give your life to Him. He knows you as you are. He loves you as you are. All you need to do is say, yeah, I'm going to trust in Jesus for my forgiveness and for my eternal life and to be welcomed into God's family. And he will do it. And then all the other things that come out of that will follow. But you just give yourself to Jesus and everything else comes out of that. You don't need to become right to make God love you. And if you are a Christian, then the challenge for you is, one, to stop trusting in anything other than Jesus. Don't trust in your goodness or your church going or your crew attendance or whatever it is that you do. Don't trust in those things. Trust in Jesus and only Jesus and let everything else flow out of that. 
And make sure that you are someone who is passionate about Jesus, that you are known because you are the Jesus person. Because if He was willing to give His life for you, then you can give your life to Him. He is worth entrusting your life to. I'm going to say a prayer for us. Father God, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You that He is worth being passionate about. That when we see how wonderful it is that He would give His life for us, we can understand the anger of Paul when people would try and distort the good news of what Jesus has done. I pray for my friends here who don't know you that they will be willing to to look into Jesus and understand who he is and what he's done and be willing to entrust themselves to him. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, that we might be people who trust in Jesus and only Jesus to be right with you. And that we might be people who are passionate about him and be known by that passion that we will be the Jesus people. Amen. Well, that was the talk. And I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks or to read my blog or order my book or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench or on Insta at TWFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast, so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.